This is the Love and Sex Unfiltered Podcast. Hosted by licensed marriage and family therapist and certified Gottman Method couples therapist, Sonia Jensen. Let's dive into the unfiltered side of what it takes to create communication, intimacy, and chemistry, not just in relationships with a partner, but the relationship you have with you. Here's your host, Sonia Jensen. Welcome back to another session of the Love and Sex Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Jensen. And I'm trying not to laugh as your co-host. I'm Ophelia Kandersley. How are you today, Sonia J? Oh my God. It's like one of those sky is falling days, but I'm going to be all right. You got this. I know. You know, even people who help others have anxiety. We do. So. We do. I think we need to maybe make a podcast about what it's like to live with anxiety on a day-to-day basis. I think you do too and how you work through that. So on a day-to-day basis. We were sitting here like taking 30 minutes to think about what we were going to talk about. We're going to wing it. We're going to wing it. I guess we're talking about anxiety. We should talk. I mean, if we that's should true. talk about anxiety, right? I think some people feel like they shouldn't have anxiety. I think certain people in their professions feel like they shouldn't have anxiety as well. I read this article one time, or maybe it was a TED Talk, I can't remember, but they were talking about how, you know, stress impacts the body and that stress is not bad for you, but how you think about stress can make it actually more deadly to you than the actual stress itself. So our mindset is super important. And I think a lot of people feel like they shouldn't have anxiety or they should be better in control of their anxiety. I think there's a cultural biased or like stipulation of admitting that you have a mental problem. So well, and and I think all of us at the more and more I age and I talk with people, I realize that all of us at some point in some way have issues with our mental health. Mm-hmm. Because life itself is just draining and exhausting and constantly about performance. And making sure that we do everything a certain way. And there's all these cultural kind of expectations for us to always be going, always be doing things well. And I think we're trying to turn the tides on that. But I still think as much as we can talk about, oh, I need to give myself a break or I need to relax. We don't feel like we can. Mm -hmm. We feel like that's for other people and not for us. Like I laugh all the time because my rest has to be productive. Right. Yeah, like I have to like read a book. I have to clean out a closet. I have to film a podcast. Do any of those things, not the podcast, but (laughs) do any of those things actually sound restful? And would you actually recommend that for your clients? I actually think that it depends on the person, right? Like if I truly get this kind of dopamine release, which and dopamine is the pleasure happy hormone, right? If I get a dopamine release by checking something off my box that kind of is draining my mental energy, it can help alleviate some level of anxiety, right? And for that person, that's their cure to mm-hmm. managing their anxiety. And there's a lot of us that have high functioning anxiety. And I don't even think for the longest time I understood that what I was experiencing was anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that need to be productive was a part of managing it all the time. What do you think about anxiety? Is it something you've ever struggled with? I struggle with anxiety a little bit, but I ADHD. And so my hyperness will come out as anxious. It's more of that. So like right before I'm about to do something big, I just literally will lose my shit. And I'm like, oh, 
that lets me know that it's going to work out. So <laughs> Yeah, like when you plan the trip. Yeah. So if I'm calm and yeah, don't go. So one of the cool things about Ophelia, I don't know if she's mentioned before, is that she is also a travel agent. She works with me part time and then has her own travel business. I do. So but you know, we're not here to hype up my business. So. Whatever. We hype up all businesses. Hype, hype. So <laughs> you need a vacation with your partner. This is a sign. Seriously. I just got back. So <laughs> <laughs> no, see, for me, I can't, I'm too much of a taskmaster in, in my jobs and in the businesses. So I need to step away from the task. I need to watch TV or have a glass of wine or hang out with my friends. Like I, if I keep tasking, that's just, that's my every day. But yeah. I had a hard time coming to grips, like saying out loud, I have ADHD and yeah. cannot function or I'm not capable of doing this like I'm the worst housekeeper so the worst and this is why we pay people and this is why I struggle with paying somebody because (laughs) I was taught that is your job that's what you're supposed to do so I'm supposed to run my business run your business and then clean the house and cook and do this and strive for this perfectiveness that I just can't reach that level and so I had to like step back and be like Hi, housekeeper lady. I love you. Just clean these surfaces and I'll clean the rest. So we're inching into her cleaning the whole house. It's baby steps. You know, you have to take baby steps. You can't jump in the deep end all at once. But I do think like there's this level of it never being good enough. And all these stories in our head that we gained from childhood, or we don't even know where we gained it as to how we need to be living our lives. And seriously, as stupid as this sounds, as far back as I can remember, like even in high school, I was always tallying up all throughout the day what I would tell somebody if they asked me what I accomplished that day. Like somebody was going to like jump out of the grass bushes and just be like, hey, what did you get done today? And I'm like, I have, I did this and I did this and, I, and nobody ever asked me. Mm. And so, and I think even to this day, I, I still do that, right? Like how did I get my workout in? Did I drink 50? percent of my body weight in ounces of water? Did I film those podcasts? Did I write that chapter for that book? Did I call this client back? And I'm always still at the end of the day tallying up my worth of like how much I got accomplished. Even though knowing now as a therapist and being a therapist for 10 years, there is your self-worth is not tied to those tasks, but it's just this ingrained thing in me that I, it's not even like conscious awareness of it. I just do it. What happens when you don't accomplish the list? It can be like, there's some times where like, I can tell I've learned to read the burnout signs and I can say to myself, like, if I just don't have the capacity to do this, I've been better at giving myself grace and just making that decision for myself. I've done enough today, or I don't have the energy to do whatever this is going to take. So there's more, there's more grace in that. But if that were extended over a period of days, I would probably have a little depressive episode and get myself up and running again. But I will say that I, the majority of my anxiety is managed very effectively by making lists and checking them off. And if I can do that, even if I put like good, easy things on the list, like I want to make sure that today I go take a walk and I want to make sure that I watch I'm obsessed with Hallmark Christmas movies. Don't judge me. I'm judging because it's not even Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. When this episode is filmed, 
It is Thanksgiving and we will have this whole conversation right now. Her house is beautiful. Let's start there. She <laughs> already took down the Thanksgiving stuff. It's not until next week. You leave me alone. Mm, whatever she makes whatever revel makes, in Christmas on Thanksgiving makes me happy, right? So Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> um, Thanksgiving is just like the happy hour to the main entree. Oh my gosh! Excuse me and my turkey are about to leave. Okay. Listen, you asked me to bake you a pie for Thanksgiving. Oh, and so you, you gonna nice. put that pie up, Miss Thing? <laughs> I love to bake, and I'm gonna open a bakery. And a therapist studio. I can bake and give, and I'm like, we'll start here. So, yeah, pie. Listen, that's in the works. One of these days, I'm going to start a really cool bakery. And I will be eating there. So, well, you, you'll probably be my general manager. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> I don't do enough. So, no, no. Well, you have to give up one of your jobs. Us, It'll be great. All seven jobs. So. But, so, like, even if I write, like, I really want to accomplish these things and they're all restful. For me, that checkoff of I did that mm -hmm. makes me feel good. And I've learned like, even though maybe some people might skew that as bad, that for me is what works. And I think that's a big thing. You have to find what works for you with managing anxiety and it can't be what other people think it should be. Right. Now, are all of us working to find balance? 100%. And I think you and I even did like a Instagram live together about mm -hmm. the myth of balance. Yes. And that it's balance looks different in every stage of your life. But anxiety is one of those things that you feel when you anticipate bad things to happen. Mm -hmm. Or you anticipate things moving outside of your control or this I liken it for me to this feeling of overwhelm. Like there's things that I don't know that I'm missing. And until I find out what those things are, like anxiety for me comes up most on days that I have off at work mm. because that's when things start to feel out of control. I feel more in control when I'm working than I do when I'm resting. But how I manage it is I think anxiety is highly managed by how you move your body. Mm -hmm. So even though I hate working out on my days off, I always have a workout scheduled. And it doesn't have to be high intensity, but it's something that gets the angst okay. to go away. I think how you eat mm -hmm. on those days, I'm not proclaiming any kind of diet, but I really try yeah, to- Yeah, she's really not. That's another <laughs> podcast. So. I love candy. She does. I'm not on a diet, but what I will say is that I try to eat foods, one that feel really life-giving for me. I love turkey sandwiches. Don't I like cold cut turkey sandwiches. I don't know that. Oh my God. On my days off, I crave- Turkey sandwiches. You should go have a turkey sandwich. We I should. love turkey sandwiches. Look what I just found out about you. Oh. <laughs> I love it. And and then I also like want to work on the business a mm. little bit, like because I get to dream on my days off. And then I try to be outside and I try to spend time with a friend. Mm -hmm. And you always come over because we have to film podcasts. I mean, I'm always in this baby mansion. You're gonna have to come to my house. Remember when you used to come to my house? I did. Do you even remember where my house is? You might get lost coming over You're there because it's been a while. I'm going to post pictures of all the new Christmas stuff that Wendy put up in the house. Do you hear this? 
Can you post one Thanksgiving picture for me? That's my holiday. My table, my table is still set. Let's sit at the table and we're going to take a picture of the only Thanksgiving thing she has left people. Like it is stripped. So, <laughs> Well, all the stuff is still out. It has yet to be put away, but it's getting there. It's eminently about to go into its little proper domain. So that's another thing is you are very organized yes. in your home. Yes. And when things are out of place, like you don't say well in that I don't and I will tell people that for some of us how your house looks is the quality or the state of the organization of your mind Mm -hmm. right and for me I need things my home is very much my safe place and I've invested a lot in my home being the one place that I feel most calm and comfortable and experiencing the most pleasure just by looking around, which is why I've put that investment into it because my work is so heavy on the emotional side. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I want to make sure that my house is organized because when I walk in here, I need to release the emotions of the day. So I think all in all, anxiety is something that many of us experience all of us handle in different ways. And I would really encourage you, you know, I I know a lot of you reach out to me and tell me you listen to this podcast with your partner, but most of the time we don't talk to our partners about how our anxiety presents itself Mm -hmm. and why the way we need things to be the way they are, Mm -hmm. are so important to us in the management of that anxiety. Like my partner experiences anxiety as well. And he has a diagnosis of ADHD, which he's being treated for. And my son uh, has high levels of anxiety and manages it a different way from me. And oftentimes the way that we manage our anxiety is completely opposite and almost in contradiction to the other person. Right. So like I need to have everything cleaned up in the house so that I, my anxiety will go away and I can relax. My husband cannot help me with cleaning up the house and getting things organized until he's de-stressed and removed his anxiety. Yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can understand that from Eric because I, once it's on, I can't even tell you what is wrong. I just need you to stop, stop talking to me, walk away, let me internalize what I need to do because I'll just start raging. Oh, I'm I'm a rager. I have learned I can't even go into my son's room when I'm in that space because I will just like Hulk comes out. Because everything makes you mad. Everything makes me mad. Everything makes me mad. But then I've got to clean it. And then I'm like cursing, which, okay, by the way, I curse a lot and that's okay. And that's just me. I figure it's better than smoking because smoking causes cancer. That's true. So cursing helps me relax my anxiety. Oh, yeah. But talking about like, what does anxiety feel like for you? Like if you're sitting and talking to your partner, how do you manage your anxiety? And how do we manage anxiety differently in a way that maybe is hard for each other and like disconnects us as opposed to brings us together. And I think how we, I'm a very disciplined person. So I have to have systems and structures in place for everything. It's funny because my bachelor's degree is in organizational psychology and development. I can see that. So like I was taught to go into a business and look for all the deficiencies And then find systems and processes for making those deficiencies go away and Mm -hmm. cleaning up mess, which really does in in a way help me in marriage therapy because a marriage is a system. Right. And there's different things. And that's why I love the Gottman method, because it gives me a clear way to assess 
what I'm trying to build for a couple and then how it like based off of that research, like what is not happening in this couple that if it were happening would make them function better. Okay. But I have to have a system and process for everything. And you can't have a system and process for everything unless you're talking about it. And like some people might need that kind of disorganization because they're more in their creative brain. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we get to know our partner and let them be them and our partner lets us be us, the more we can love each other and the more we can find compromise. And so here's the interesting thing about compromise. Most of the time, compromise is that dirty little word. We talk about it all the time, but what we usually mean is like, you do it my way mm-hmm. and then all this will go away. Right. Right. And compromise. That sounds controlling. <laughs> right. But that's like how most people view compromise, right? Mm-hmm. Or I have to give up everything to make my partner happy and to make this conflict go away. And then away. that sounds subservient. Yes, exactly. And then nobody wins there, right? It, resentment gets built up in one way or another. So compromise, at least in the definition that has like the Gottman method has put out, and I really highly subscribe to is that compromise is about both people identifying their core needs, the things that by giving them up would be like giving up a piece of themselves, right? Right. Like, I know I need to have order. Mm -hmm. That's my core need. If I'm living in chaos and my house is dirty, that's going directly against my core need. But what does dirty look like to you? And what does dirty look like to Eric? Right. And I think that brings up a good point is like we use these words and we think we're on the same page. And we're not. We're talking about two totally different things. And I've said that before and I'll say it for everything. You have to really clearly define what is what for you. For me, like I can handle dishes in the sink, but I cannot handle dishes all over my counter. I can handle dog hair on the floor, but if I see black dog hair on my white couch, I'm going to shake someone. Okay. So like, where did you learn to do this shaking? Another (laughs) podcast episode. (laughs) Another podcast episode, right? Let's see. I can handle that nobody wants to make dinner, right? But we have to collaborate together instead of just one person figuring out who we're going to order from, right? There's different, you got to think about that. Uh, But compromise, identifying your core needs. The things that by going with that would be like giving up a piece of yourself. And this is what is so important is you can't communicate that unless you know. So that's why so much of couples counseling is also individual counseling. Because you have to figure yourself out. You have to ask yourself these tough questions so that you can talk to your partner about it. I can't fix what I don't know. Right. Right. And then you have to identify your areas of flexibility, things that I'm willing to talk more about, like when something happens, how it happens, who does it, things of that nature. But compromise is not perfect. Both of us have to work or we have to give up a little bit. The ultimate goal of a compromise is to take a temporary or partial step forward. So a lot of people think I have one conversation about this and we come up with a compromise and it never, we never bring it up again. That's just not reality. It's not reality. It's going to set you up for failure. So if it's a temporary or partial step forward, that implies that you're going to have to come back and you're going to have to assess how well that's working, right? If I tell my partner my core need for managing my anxiety is I need to hire a maid service twice a month, Mm -hmm. right? And I need to, because I can't have that on my plate. I cannot work at my full capacity and think about the cleaning of the house. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that we meal plan and order groceries 
before the work week starts. Mm -hmm. And I need to know that if I'm telling you I'm super anxious, I need to be left alone. Like send me to my room, close the door and don't let the children come ask me for anything. Give me at least 30 minutes. You just literally named all my anxieties. And I'm sitting here like, damn, I'm going to have to give up grocery shopping. (laughs) Enjoy going into the grocery store. (laughs) It takes up so much time. It takes up so much time. And I have so many other things to do. I forget I can give these things up. Like, no joke. I'm sitting here having a whole revelatory moment. Like, where is Oprah? Oprah! (laughs) I, like, need a cup of tea and some fall leaves because it's almost Thanksgiving. Or you can sit and you can look at the beautiful snow globes and Christmas trees that are on my I'll just look at my beautiful friend instead. (laughs) But, like, like, listening to everything you just said, I'm like, oh, my God. I need to give up grocery shopping and order online and free up some more time for... Because I am at burnout max capacity of planning. Oh, my God. There's even no end to the candlestick. There's nubs. So (laughs) Right? (laughs) Which actually, right after this, we'll film a podcast on burnout. How about that? I think you need to sit down with yourself first. And you need to ask yourself, how does anxiety present itself to me? And one of the best ways that I have found to recognize anxiety instead of just acting out on it is to recognize how it shows up in my body. And for me, I feel like a pressure on my chest and I can't breathe as well. I can't take deep breaths. And that usually happens in the morning over coffee, which I might need to give up coffee, but that's something I'm not willing to do right now. And I only have one cup, but I'm just saying. And when I notice, especially on Tuesdays and Sundays, because I take those two days off from seeing clients. There's a high level of that pressure and intensity to enjoy and get everything out of that day. And so I have to recognize how that shows up because then if I don't recognize it, I start raging and telling everybody what to do. And then I'm not resting. My husband's like, go to the gym and get all out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. But recognizing how that shows up in me and I'm like, okay, I know my next step once I recognize that is to get my journal out and I need to write down what I want to feel that day and what I need to get out of this day specifically. It's not like I just need to rest and reflect. It's like, I know I'm going to need 10 minutes of meditation today. I know I'm going to need to go work out at the gym. Mm -hmm. I know that like, we're going to have to figure out together as a couple, what we're doing for dinner tonight and go to the store. I need to think about and write those things down. And then I need to go get in a shower. Okay, because temperature changes actually help regulate the brain. Okay, I've heard that. And my husband's Mr. Like, I'm going to go take a shower to relax. And I'm like, that does not sound relaxing to me. Mm-hmm. So, so when you take a shower and you're mm-hmm. in the shower, you mm-hmm. can fully meditate out and like wash the bad juju out and bring the good chakras. I think you can, but I think it depends on the person, right? It's changes in temperature, right? Okay. So some people might need to go like sit outside and take some deep breaths in the cold. Cause okay. we're, you know, it's fall and winter time right now mm-hmm. or drink a glass of ice water and, you know, take some deep breaths. Some of us need heat to let our bodies relax, but it's those changes in temperature that like it forces your, like if your brain is spinning, And say, for example, you hold an ice cube in your hand, your brain's not going to be spinning anymore. It's going to be like, why the hell is my hand cold? And so what it does is it forces your brain out of its constant loop. And that's why like getting in the shower, you walk in and that intense heat is like, 
it shifts your brain. brain. Now, can your brain go back to restless thoughts? Absolutely. But again, that's why you need to have multiple things that you practice. So once the spiraling happens, I know it's going to happen on Tuesday and Sunday morning. So I always have a workout planned because I go to Pilates and I love Pilates. I'm all for Pilates. But I always have a workout planned at 8 a.m. on Tuesday and 10 a.m. on Sunday. I recognize what point do you have the mimosas then on Sunday? Before, because I have okay. to wake up at like five. So like, I, I can't tell you, like, I don't feel that great when I'm doing Pilates on Sunday, but like, <laughs> I've been switching it to Bloody Marys. I have Eric makes me a really nice Bloody Mary, honestly. And I don't get an invite for that. No, and I mean, he takes the bacon out. He just like, and he makes me crispy bacon in it and like the celery and like This is the first time I'm hearing about this? Yes, but we have to stop it because we're getting, becoming luscious on Sunday mornings. <laughs> and I walk into like Pilates like all like We won't relaxed. talk about all the drinking Miss Ophelia does. So. <laughs> okay, but like when I talk, I'm a lightweight. Like Ophelia can attest to that. It is the cutest thing you've ever seen. It's like a little furry bunny just hopping around. <laughs> it's so cute. So. It's like one drink in and I like love everybody again. It's <laughs> Okay, so I wake up on Sunday and Tuesdays. I recognize when that anxiety starts to come on. I get out my journal. I write down, I make myself write down three things. And I take a shower right after that. And I move to a workout. Those are my three things that I do to manage anxiety on days off. See, mine looks completely different because I love my coffee. Like that is the, Mm -hmm. that is my thing. And I'm up at five o'clock too. Yep because I have hot flashes yeah. and I can, my body's like, get up. So, yeah. but I've got this beautiful picture, this like video that I watch of like the sun rising up over uh-huh. the water and I get out like either, it's either I click it on my TV yes. or I put it on my iPad and it's got that beautiful like mm. flute playing in the background and it only takes like five minutes, yes. but to have my coffee and I can watch that, yeah. that's my space. Oh, that is sure. my like, I am so ready. And when I don't get to do that, because somebody maybe got up or I got a phone call or, and I'm missing that space, mm. it kind of throws the rest of the day, the off. rest of my day off. So I have to find that time yes. to do it. But I love it because it's still dark. Nobody is there. The house is quiet. Everybody's needs are met in my mind. So then I can take all my tabs and close them for five minutes. And then girl, I have to have mm. like an hour coffee time. Mm. Don't bug me. Like, don't ask me, don't make me talk about things that are difficult. Unless, although I make my husband stare into my eyes and let me like totally like vomit out my anxiety that day because I trust him so much and Mm -hmm. he just is so great about it. That's sweet. But I make him coffee. Like I get up, I make him coffee, I take the dogs out. I set up the YouTube channel, right, that has like some sort of scene. Mm -hmm. And then I don't care if it's close to being at Hell's doorstep here in Texas. My fireplace is going on. We know. Yes. We know. Although it's been really pretty lately. And then I come on music. Mm -hmm. And I make coffee for us and I get my daughter set up and we sit and we chat. And that truly is how you have to start a day, at least in my household. Mm -hmm. And if my kids are whining, like you're going to know the rest of the day if I'm super like on edge because I didn't get Because you didn't get that time. So So to wrap it all up with anxiety. Right. Are we wrapping it up already? We're it's wrapping- only been 35 minutes. Oh, I about- hope I've been recording I'm, this the whole time. Oh, that my gosh. That would be so bad. I have. Okay. We did it. To wrap it up with anxiety, the way that your anxiety presents itself can be totally different from anybody else you know. Mm-hmm. The way in which you manage it might not be how somebody else would manage it. You have to think about what works for you. Pick three things 
that you do once you notice the anxiety comes on that helps you manage it. And then talk about it with your partner and create a plan knowing that before you to argue about whose needs are more important, you just label your core needs, the things that you can't go without. And you make a temporary or partial step forward, knowing that in a week, you're going to check back in on how that went and see how, if any of your core needs have changed or your areas of flexibility have changed. Right. And it's a lifelong process. And a lot of people struggle with anxiety. You are not alone. You are not weak. You're not incompetent or incapable of taking care of this, but it's something that you manage for your life. And always be able to seek medical attention for this anxiety need because sometimes it can't be managed one-on-one. You might need to... You might need help. You might need more help. Absolutely. And if you're having panic attacks, you definitely need to talk to somebody with getting tips and support for managing panic attacks. That's right. Yeah. Anxiety, we all feel it. The strength of it can change over time or very intensity, but those panic attacks are something that you really need support for. So this was another fun episode on the podcast. Thanks for totally diverting our attention from our original podcast. Absolutely. And talking about anxiety. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. There you have it. If this episode hit home for you, take a second to share it with a friend, screenshot it and share it on Instagram or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to learn more tips and stay connected with Sonia, follow her on Instagram at the Sonia Jensen. And if you want to find more information, you can check out her website at www.sonyajensen.com. Until next time, remember, stay real, stay unfiltered, and dig deep.